0: We wish to acknowledge the traditional caretakers of the land we record this podcast on, the Yuggera people and their continued connection to the land and waterways of Yuggera country. We pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging, and to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people.
1: Hello and welcome to the Sports Social Podcast, where we are doing sports chats for everyone.
0: Hi, George. Hello, Lipsbeth. 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 (laughs) (laughs) And we're off to a flying (laughs) star. How are you, Jorge? (laughs) (laughs) I am just loving last week and this weekend we got to go to our kids cross-country competition and there were just so many golden sporting moments like little kids crossing the line with the biggest smile on their face. We don't know where they came, Mm. but they were just thrilled to have done that race and to have had a parent or a grandparent or a friend cheering them on. And I, I specifically saw one little girl who I know has been going to some training, some running training with her mum. Just like goes and does a couple of laps with her mum, and the smile on her face as she ran across the line. I
1: was like, "Oh, sports the greatest!" You're so, and you're so good. You do all of like the marshaling and like supporting and volunteering. And at I the was, school.
0: I was naughty because your little Eddie won her race for the prep girls and she crossed she she had fallen halfway <laughs> down the last lap and sort of got up and gone oh what, what just happened and looked around and then decided to keep running, which was amazing. And then she crossed the line and it, she sort of looked at me as if to go, Well, what do I do now? Like I've crossed. Where do I go now, Auntie Georgie? I'd practiced everything to this point. <laughs> no one told me what happens next. And I just got down and gave her a big hug. And then I realized I was also giving her like her little first place chip. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, I probably shouldn't do that.
1: <laughs> it's not a good I hug. only hug the first <laughs> I, place getters. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I was like, yes, we're related, but she just genuinely won the race.
1: (laughs) She genuinely did. I didn't just give it to her. (laughs) I didn't just give her the blue chip to say that she'd won. No, it was so nice. It was so cute. It's hard because my oldest poppy is just so intent on winning a ribbon. And she hasn't won a ribbon yet for cross country because she's not – probably going to be a runner she is much more built for swimming I actually think she's built for breaststroke which is quite sad for me that's heartbreaking (laughs) for you isn't it
0: (laughs) Luke is cheering and breaststroke yeah you're either a breaststroker or you you
1: swim everything else totally um so you know it's managing her hopes and dreams and expectations and being so disappointed with not getting a ribbon and then Eddie who's like she loves learning but she's not at this stage particularly good at school <laughs> I don't know but she's good. in prep I mean she's in prep she's she, in prep she's doing great play no that's all she she's needs to doing do. great drawings her drawings have really come along <laughs> in leaps and bounds but to see her be so proud of herself because she's actually never started a race the two kidney races that she did she the start went and she just walked off <laughs> I mean it's a lot we forget like you put kids in these situations
0: and if you haven't she haven't done it before, it's a lot to process. There's people all around.
1: There's yelling and cheering and colours and it's a total sensory overload. It is, totally. And for her, we actually – because she just falls over randomly – we had told her that if she falls over, just to keep get up and keep well, she running. Did. Well, she did it, and we were so proud of her just for doing that. So yes, but everyone gave their best, which is all all you can hope for. Right? Look, it, it's and it's look, you're not going to get that coverage on the nightly news. So you're welcome. You're welcome, everybody. Thanks for listening is there to us. Our- anything
0: better than two mothers talking about their
1: children <laughs> participating in sport? By the way, Tom also won his race. <laughs> Just to really round Tune it up. Tune in
0: next week to hear about how netball went on the weekend.
1: <laughs> I'm Beth from Burley, and I love running. I love it it's the social aspect. Yes, I always run with other friends that I wouldn't ordinarily see, and then yeah, you get the runner's high after it. Yeah. On the line
0: we have Ali Bull. Ali Bull is a former Nutrigrain Iron woman. Yes. Um, who competes in that space, but is also would you believe, an Olympic kayaker, as well as a firefighter. Wow. And I think it's really important that we start talking to the athletes who are putting together the training to go to the Olympics, which is why we've got Ali here today. Ali, welcome.
2: Hello.
1: Thank you so much for joining us. It's such an exciting phase, I think, leaning into another Olympics. It's so weird, you know, for me it feels so soon because I still feel like I work in Olympic cycles. Every four years, but this is only every three years for for you leading into Paris. Can you tell us a bit about the process of selection leading into an Olympic Games for for a kayaker?
2: Yeah, it's been weird. I actually haven't done a normal cycle yet. Like leading up to my first games, I only started kayaking in twenty fifteen, like full time, and then the next cycle was five years long. This was only four, year, uh, three years. So, like, <laughs> That's I don't wild. know what a cycle is like. Um, but So selections for us, Australia as a country has to earn spots at World Championships the year prior. So that'll be happening this year in August 2023. We have to qualify spots um, in order to even stand a team. So,
0: Ali, then is is it correct (laughs) that there's no guarantee that Australia would be able to compete in the kayaking at Paris? You've got to earn your right to compete in Paris?
2: Yeah. So I'm in the K4 for Worlds this year and we have to finish top ten but there also has to be three continents represented. So our sport's very European dominated. So if there's the top 10 finishes are all European countries, and then 11th is, for example, Australia, because we're Oceania, we'll kick number nine out and we'll get put in that top 10. And if, for example, USA are 12th, then they kick out another European who came eight in order to have three continents represented. So... Uh, like We have to yeah, finish top 10, but also be in front of New Zealand yes. and can turn that to make sure that we're one of the first Oceania crews to, to cross the line.
0: And what is it it's- about Europe that makes them so dominant in this sport? Like, I would not have known until you just said it, that this was a something that the Europeans
2: really did well in. Yeah, it's, it's kind of the sport that they get into. Like, I like to liken it for us, surf clubs, everyone that you know growing up as a kid you're a nipper and you join a surf club and that's what you do like um, during the week and and on the weekends and I feel like the Europeans their version of that are canoe clubs and kayak clubs in the summer so they grow up doing that it's kind of like their summer sport in a way and then they would have the snow sport as well. How did
1: you get inspired to become a kayaker because as you kind of alluded to you we're obviously part of the nippers and the surf life-saving community. What kind of motivated you to go after this Olympic dream?
2: Um Yeah, it's, it's interesting. A lot of people that do kayaking in Australia actually do come from a surf background. So you start out as a nipper. I've been a part of Alex surf club since I was about six. And where you grow up, you go through the ranks, you start paddling nipper boards, and then you start paddling knee boards, and then you're in under-17s, and you start paddling skis. and one of the ways to get better at ski paddling is to paddle a narrower, tippier, lighter, faster boat, which is a kayak. And <laughs> definitely spent the first couple of sessions in the water more than I did on top of the water in my boat. So you kind of start paddling kayaks to help your skills and that paddling a ski. And my coach at the time, um, he had been on a few Australian kayak teams as well. And he said, "I oh, reckon okay, you should go to the nationals and have a race. So, so I did. And I made my first junior team. And, Kind of fell in
0: love with the sport from there. It's interesting uh, that you mentioned that you had spent so much time in the water when you first got into a kayak, because <laughs> bo- both both Livy and I have, <laughs> I
1: know where you're going with this.
0: <laughs> yeah, both Livy and I have spent some time in kayaks, and they look they look very stable. And the minute you sit in them, you are in the water if you're if you haven't done it much before.
1: Oh, Ali, I there's this one time that Georgie and I went kayaking on the Brisbane River, and I was so confident at the time. Because I'm like. <laughs> I've got excellent core stability. I am an elite oh, athlete. Sure. I'm I'm a swimmer. I know what to do, and I literally <laughs> pushed away from the pontoon and fell in the water and couldn't get back in. Yeah. <laughs> it's I, amazing yeah. what you guys do! Incredible. Yeah,
0: I think when you know just that it's hard to sit in one of just those seats, let alone like then paddle up a kilometer or however far it is and make it in a good time. I mean, that's just quite exceptional. Given that they're so hard to sit in,
2: <laughs> yeah, definitely. Once you once you get the hang of it, it's good. It's good fun to go fast. It's, it's quite rewarding. I'm really
0: interested yeah. to understand what motivates you to get out of bed every morning and go training for this for this sport that you've picked up sort of halfway through your life, I guess.
2: It's a funny one because it's not. It's not like it's overly exciting, you know. Like the other side of our sports, um, slalom and what they get to do is pretty awesome they're like the cool kids what we would say so they get to go down the rapids and do all these cool tricks and stuff down their course and we just paddle in a straight line but I think for me I, yeah I sort of found this sport that definitely has quite a challenging aspect to it. It's not easy every day you've got to get up and push yourself in new ways not only like physically, technically and mentally and yeah I had just a drive to be at the pinnacle of sport which is the Olympics and you couldn't do that in surf life saving so I talked a lot to my swim coach Janelle Elford at the time and she was more encouraging to, to go and chase your dreams and this sport allows me to still do both which is the surf the surf side of stuff which I've grown up loving to do but yeah it is, it's a lot of hard work and it is a lot of challenging a little bit like a lot of time overseas um, but I just want to wake up in the morning and, and just in a lot of aspects of life, be better than I was yesterday. Yeah. And to come here and do it with your mates in the crew boat as well is also rewarding because there's someone sitting in front of you and sitting behind you chasing that same dream, which is pretty cool.
1: I just got goosebumps. That's yeah. magic. Everything. <laughs> uh, it's so exciting just to hear a little bit of, of your journey leading into Paris uh, 2024. We wish you all the best for World Championships coming up in August and we'll have our fingers and toes crossed that you beat New Zealand and anyone else in the Oceania region and come top ten. <laughs>
2: That's right. Yeah, it, it is so confusing. Yeah, it's different for every sport and it should be good. I'm excited. We had a good season last year, so we're keen to keep that ball rolling. Thank you, Ali. <laughs> Thank you very much and thanks for thinking of me to have a chat with Appreciate it. My name's Emma. I'm eight years old and I love sport because it's inspiring.
0: Let's talk golf.
1: Mm. Your favourite sport. My favourite ever. Which you apparently have very strong opinions about. I really liked the documentary. What was that called again? (laughs) Swing. Full Swing? Full Swing. Yeah. It's a great documentary.
0: On the
3: Netflix. Sounds like she's obsessed with it,
1: really.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So you're deep in golf. That's what I'm hearing.
3: (laughs) I'm deep, deep in the
1: golf.
0: Uh, Yeah, apparently Live Golf was here. Yeah, it was in Adelaide. Yeah. It was the only Live event in Australia. Why Adelaide? I think Adelaide went, well, this isn't a very good tourism opportunity. Oh, yeah. And Adelaide, when people came at them about the Saudi money angle of it all, they sort of said, well, the Saudi money and lots of areas of life, including agriculture and the food production industry and lots of other areas. And yeah, we note your concerns and thank you. We are now going to make a bucket load of money out of tourism for our state. So much so that Sydney, not Sydney, New South Wales has now come out and said, oh God, that looked good. Uh, Maybe we should do do it. If you want to do a second event, we'd like to host it for you. Oh, interesting. So Chase Copter. Copka. Copka. There we go. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, I know some things know sport. <laughs> from Full Swing. <laughs> <laughs> He's from that dec- Netflix documentary. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you've seen it. I can't remember his part in it. But anyway, he had the probably the most magical moment of the weekend when he got a hole in one at the party hole. The party hole. So party holes are becoming a bit of a thing in, would you say, in non-PGA events, Jace, as our golf correspondent?
3: Oh Yeah, I would say non-PGA pga but in brisbane when they came here for the (laughs) in brisbane (laughs) when
0: when we said pga i was thinking america and i like that you've just gone really local really quickly they're
3: not not pga events though okay i I think the pga is still very old school golf like don't bring your mobile phone wear a collar don't play music
1: but isn't there there's a party game game and (laughs) a match what are they called to tournament. There you go. Uh, thank you. Uh, in America, where there is like a big old party hole. Yeah, and in Phoenix. Yeah, is that PGA? Come on, Jace. You've
0: watched the documentary.
1: I can't. I don't know. The guy yeah. took his shirt off. Oh yeah. 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 There's a
0: party hole. Yeah. But I I don't know if that's part of the actual tour, or maybe the tour go look. You can have one crazy night out. And it's going to be that one in Phoenix.
3: Maybe they realised no one would go to golf at Phoenix, in Phoenix if it's they didn't have hot. a party. Yeah, that's all. true. It's fair enough. It's clever marketing. Yeah. So look, that's, that was really the
0: highlight I took away from the golf yep. on the weekend. It seemed very popular. The crowd loved it. The crowd went wild at this hole-in-one. Hole in one. Yeah. Like cups on the green, covered in beer. Did Chase take off his top? No, but many in the crowd did. And, look, I think that was unnecessary. <laughs>
1: You're like, doesn't add anything. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thanks for Put no your thanks. shirt back on, <laughs> you grub. <laughs> We're not at the F1. <laughs> this is golf. What is <laughs> wrong with you, people?
0: <laughs> like she knows golf. I don't know, golf. Do the
1: little fairy claps.
0: Yeah, it was. But, you know, I heard it described as, is live golf like the big bash of cricket? Is this... Another ah. angle of a sport that is needed. There's probably another sport that has a similar sort of evolutionary step.
1: I Look, I you can see the evolution of F1, right? Like it's become much more ma- mainstream. I don't know if that's the right terminology, but it's, it seems more accessible. It's not just the elite rich people. democratize
0: democratised the sport a bit.
1: Yeah, it just feels more accessible now that, you know, drive to survive is a whole big thing. But I just, I don't know, there's something that just still feels very elitist about it for me. Even with Liv? No, I just don't like Liv.
0: <laughs> and,
1: and, <laughs> and here are my strong opinions you know, here, based here on they
0: nothing. come running in. How do you feel about Cam Smith?
1: Oh,
0: Meh. Yeah. I really like him. Why? Well, because I think. I, know I don't know him. No, I mean, we don't know, okay. we don't Just know be, him at all. know be very clear. It's not like I've texted him. <laughs> like I wouldn't know him from the next person. But I understand why golfers are going to live. Yes, there's the money aspect, but there's also a lifestyle aspect where if you want to be on the PGA, you pretty much have to move to America and live in America and not see your family. And I think that's really, it's hard. And it's hard if that's the only way you can play your sport. And be seen to be
3: successful in your sport. That's just the way it is. So the PGA has a 49-date tour. But you don't have to do all of them.
1: But you don't but make if the you, cut if you, if you
3: don't. If you want to be – if you want legacy, which I know you're all about. All about the legacy. You have to play a lot of them. And so okay. your time off is very limited. Yeah, you'll be right.
1: <laughs> what, three weeks a year?
3: Yeah, but you're – so say you're at Cam Smith yeah. whose family is based in Australia and for three weeks of that year you get to see your family. If you go to live for six months of the year, you get to see your family. Yeah. Um, I, I need to stop comparing it to swimming because <laughs> swimmers get three weeks off a year. <laughs> yeah, but you're – And we don't get paid anywhere train, near as much. But you're training at home. Yeah. You choose where you train. Yeah, but you would move your entire family over to the US, wouldn't you? These golfers are travelling all over the country. Yeah, but I every like- single week. Mm. You're playing 4 days a week. I find it hard. And then you've swipe. got 3 days off you, to travel. What,
0: so what I'm hearing is you're struggling to empathize <laughs> with rich white men. Is that
2: right?
1: <laughs> I feel like you've hit the nail on the head. I think we should end it there. <laughs>
2: Hi, my name is Kim Ravalian. I'm the captain of Queensland Firebirds and I love sport because I get to get out there over the weekend and compete with
1: my mates to get a win. Netball happened over the weekend, Georgie. Net- Tell me net-net-y. about it.
2: Well, let's look
0: at both ends of the table. At the top of the table, we had the West Coast Fever playing the Adelaide Thunderbirds. Thunderbirds. That was... A Thunderbirds f- are a go. Uh, they were a go. It was a very tight match and in the last five seconds Eleanor Cardwell shot a two-pointer to win the match for
1: the Thunderbirds. Okay, I, again, I don't know much about netball but I thought you only scored one point. Correct. So in <laughs> – One points.
0: <laughs> in like Saturday morning fixtures down at your local court, you're only ever getting one point for getting it through the – I was going to say the hoop. That's basketball. The through net the
1: net. Through the net. The net netball. We'll keep working
0: on that. <laughs> Um, So what Super Netball did, they put in place another circle around the edge of the shooting circle. Oh. So they put in a place – this is not a visual medium. I'm like waving my hands in the air. (laughs) She's waving her hands, everybody. So they they essentially created a zone on the outer edge of the shooting circle where if you stood in that zone to shoot the ball into the net – no, into the hoop. It must be the hoop. The ring, the ring. There we go.
1: God, I'm so glad you're teaching
3: my child netball. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm so glad you're shut a up. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I love how long we spent on that.
0: <laughs> uh, be sorry, Goalposts? Goalpost? Oh,
1: Kimmy's throwing yeah, in a goal. There post. we go. We're
0: going to look this up because it's going to cause issues for the rest of the day. Anyway, if you can get the ball into the area, that <laughs> into that hoopie <laughs> net thing, into the hoopie net, um, you'll get two points. And but it's only within the last five minutes of each quarter. And it totally oh,
1: very confusing. No,
0: it's not though because it it's clever from a marketing perspective because in netball you can sometimes get a bit stuck of center pass pass down the court <laughs> team who had the center pass score a goal. You know, reset, goes the other way. Mm. This creates a, the possibility of total chaos within the last five minutes where any where the, the scores can really change very quickly. Okay. Well, that sounds very exciting. Which is really exciting. And the the this hooter goes and all of a sudden you're like, oh, is she going to stand in the super shot area is and try and get two points? Is it closer to the net
1: or is it? Further away. So it's like a three-pointer shot. It's exactly. Yeah.
0: yeah. It's, it, you know, higher value but harder to get. Yes. And – yeah, if you if you can sink them in the pressure moments, then you can win a game and that is exactly what happened on Saturday, Sunday afternoon. Well done, Eleanor. So that was the top of the table. Meanwhile, the Firebirds. The Wooden Spooners. Have been sitting at the bottom of the table. They took on the Giants on Sunday and absolutely nailed that game to win. And what was fabulous was watching Danelle Wallum just own the court. At one point... The Giants tried to pass the ball backwards to their goalkeeper and Danelle intercepted it and then almost did this layup where she was almost outside the end of the court when she shot the ball in. But It was all, you know, legal, etc. And those sort of moments are absolutely.
1: That's what she's becoming known for, I think, is those moments where it's, like, really on the line and she just crushes it. shes
0: I feel like she's a really instinctual player. Mm. Like, she seems to understand where her body is in relation to the, the post and how she can get that ball in and she'll have a crack at it and you know 98% of the time it goes in and that is just such good netball viewing
2: my name is Henry I'm nine years old and I like sport because it's fun
0: okay I'm going to give you maximum five minutes Ooh. to tell us about the swimming yes Were the Australian Nationals? Is that what they were?
1: That's exactly what they
0: were. Okay, but you're not allowed to ramble. (sighs) You can't get all, it's the best sport ever on us. Jason has (laughs) it.
1: He's got a stopwatch. (laughs) You know, well, you respond very well to stopwatches. I do. (laughs) Thank you for understanding how I work, guys. Um, Okay, so the Swimming uh, Nationals were on last week, which were actually really exciting. There was a lot of big names who were competing the Women's 100 Freestyle. I'm a little bit biased that it was my favourite event. But absolutely incredible. It was actually won by Molly O'Callaghan. Shayna Jack got second. Oh, wow. That's yep. awesome. In a very small PB, but she still did a PB. Um, she had an absolutely blinder of a mate. She got silver in the 100, won the 50 freestyle and got bronze in the 200. So she's really coming back. It's amazing to see. <laughs> The really exciting stuff happened for the swimmers. So that was actually their world championship selection. So the, the team got announced. Lots of the, you know, regular team members were there. So Lucky Patterson, Rowan Crothers, Rachel Watson, Brendan Hall was in there. So a lot of the big names of the swimming world. I want to do two special shout-outs to the para swimmers. One, Timothy Hodge broke a world record in his classification SM9 for the 200 individual medley. So well done, Tim. That was so, so cool to, to watch and to sort of see someone going so well. Mm-hmm. And the other one was, have you heard of Move for Lex? Yes. Yes. So, oh,
0: I, yes, I'm so glad you're going to tell us about this.
1: Yeah. So, Alexa Leary, uh, she was a triathlete who, while training, had a, a terrible accident coming off her bike. So, she had a traumatic brain injury through that. It's a miracle she's even still with us. It's a miracle that she's walking, let alone swimming. But she just got selected on her first World Champs para swim team. So well done, Lex. Like it's just, I mean, the resilience and the capacity to overcome all of those challenges and obstacles. Like I can't even imagine what she's gone through in the last few years. But, yeah, to see her on the Australian swim team is just bloody awesome.
0: That's so cool. Can we now check in with some of the legends who were making comebacks. So how did Kate Campbell go? She didn't –
1: she wasn't quite in the mix in terms of obviously winning medals or anything like that, but she's only really been back in the water for the last four months. I think she's feeling happy with where her performances are and, you know, she's at a very different stage of her career. You know, it's – she's, what, 32 now. This will be her fifth Olympics. I think it's about – Different things, hmm. and I think she still has a red hot chance of making the Paris Olympics. Cody Simpson, he came eighth in his hundred meters butterfly, and everyone's like, "Oh, he's got no chance of making the Olympics now." And I'm like, "Guys, this was nationals, wasn't a you know a qualifying world champs trials or anything like that. Two, you more than." like 12 months out to the to the olympic games so who's to say what's going to happen it annoys me when that sort of rhetoric starts coming into the media landscape but
0: and as we learned last week we don't know where he is with his taper well if he is he in was, an
1: adaptation hole he might have been bowley is notorious for putting athletes into adaptation holes i
0: still don't know what that means but i feel like any one of them could have been there <laughs> and that can explain a whole lot of stuff.
2: Correct. <laughs> Hi, this is Ellie Cole, Australia's most decorated female Paralympian, and I love sport because it can absolutely break your heart, but it really does shape who you are and all of those moments of success as well.
1: Wrexham, Wrexham, is that what they say? Yeah, really?
0: Mm -hmm. I would have thought they'd say so. Do they not
1: have a chant in Welsh? We've got Mullen, super poor Mullen.
0: If you're wondering what on earth Livy and I are talking about, it's the fact that Wrexham, a little Welsh Scottish team in the fifth level of soccer leagues in the UK, or in, I should say, Great Britain, just won enough points to be
1: promoted into the next league. For the first time... In 15 years. And so if you don't know, this Georgie recommended Welcome to Wrexham, which is on Apple TV. I,
3: well, I recommended getting on a bandwagon last week and that is. Actually on Disney. Oh, Disney. You're, Disney. Think, you're thinking of Ted Lasso. I'm thinking Ted Lasso. <laughs>
1: They're basically the same thing. One's a real life version. One is a fictional. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, Georgie recommended getting on the bandwagon and I fell hard on that bandwagon. Ryan Reynolds of Hollywood superstar fame.
0: You might know him from such
1: <laughs> things as... Green Lantern.
0: Deadpool. Uh, Deadpool is probably the one that most people... Or Van Wilder, party liaison. Yes. I mean, that's what I would have led with.
1: Yes, Georgie. <laughs> yes. And Rob McElhedy, um, who is of some sort of TV Sonny fame. in Philadelphia. <laughs> Philadelphia. We're
0: still not clear. He seems entertaining. I like him. Oh, he's great. So he's they great. invested in the club. And they've been at it for about two years and they've probably burnt millions and millions of dollars. I'm and still not clear why they bought the club in the first place. I think when you're mega wealthy, you can just
1: throw money wherever you want. Just YOLO. And
0: it's entertaining.
1: Well, I mean, it's very entertaining for all of us because I am on a Welsh soccer team bandwagon now.
0: It's ridiculous. I mean, you can't even watch the games on any sort of KO or streaming service you <laughs> I'm just getting clips from Instagram. You're watching Twitter, aren't you? That's how you're getting your sports news. Exactly right. So it's worth going, just put it into Instagram, have a look or put it into a, a web browser and look up some of the scenes of this team winning. They're the, they're the third oldest soccer team in the world, international soccer team in the world or something like that. Yeah. And what this means for this town, yeah,
1: this little Welsh town is – Next level. And there was this beautiful video right at the end of the game where, you know, it was for them to win, to become the champions of that particular league and to get automatically promoted to the next level. And it was of Ryan and Rob in that moment. And it's just like this look of just pure relief and then just such elation and joy. And uh, I just, it's what sport's all about. And I don't even like soccer.
2: (laughs) Hi, my name is Amelia. I'm 10 years old and I'm from Yapoon
0: And what I like about t- sport is it's all about tennis because I just find it really active for me and I can, like, ha- use my hands other than y- drawing and I can actually get out more and spend more time and actually be social and very healthy and fit. And that's what I like about sport.
1: Sport shorts. Similar vibe. I'm just so impressed with our connection. I'm so <laughs> Oh, God. We just <laughs> are telepathically got to, to get the crystals out. Just We have a really authentic connection, Georgie. <laughs> it's
0: just so obnoxious when we I say this. I know. Like I know. We got to go to something that was just brilliant on Saturday night. Lib and I, and our husbands, and Lib's sister, Victoria, went and saw the imperfects at the powerhouse, and for two hours were thoroughly entertained, laughed got quite emotional and just reveled in their absolute
1: brilliance. Uh, I don't, maybe you guys have heard of the Imperfects or not. It's another podcast that talks all about vulnerability. It's Josh van Kylenberg, Hugh van Kylenberg and Ryan Shelton. I'm just so in awe of their ability to communicate real human emotions and how we feel and be really that kind of role modeling of vulnerability in their discussions and their conversations and then mix into that so beautifully humour and joy and fun and play.
0: It's actually that authenticity that comes out of that is just incredible yeah. and you can feel it. And they, we were so lucky that the guest they had on for that show was Joe Brom who is the creator of Bluey. Yes. Which we have watched endlessly because we have – children that fit that demographic and also it's thoroughly entertaining Um, and we can speak to you from experience because we've had to watch a lot of Peppa Pig so much and it's like it's a vast improvement on that (laughs) Um, but Joe because we weren't actually sitting together and I just wanted to text you and go oh my goodness are you listening to this guy because he started talking about play and how important play is and that it's such a foundational piece of sort of that under sixes and And how they're learning about the world and communication and and social structures and all that sort of thing and how that then became the basis of the TV show. But that just hit me so hard because play is such a fundamental part of sport. Yes. And it's one of those things that as our kids get older and as we get older, we forget how important play is. And with the competitive nature of sport – and certainly Australian society sort of channels us to be either elite or not participate almost by the time you're a teenager, which is so sad because sport should continue to be this place where of you can play, play mm. and experience the joy of play and experience all those other really important social elements. Authentic connections. That come with play. So what does this have to do with like being in sport shorts? Why are we talking about <laughs> The Imperfects is one of my favourite podcasts and I recently listened to their conversation with the man, the myth, the legend, (laughs) Ned Brockman. For those of you who don't know who Ned Brockman is, he is the Australian who ran from Perth in Western Australia to Bondi in New South Wales. He ran for 46 days. He ran 100 kilometres a day, sometimes more, and he did that to raise – well, he did that for the challenge but also in doing so raised a whole lot of money – for a homeless charity. And that conversation was just incredible. And the vulnerability that Ned brings to the conversation in why he did what he did is just beautiful. And really, if you cannot get your head around why someone would do that pursuit, you have to go and listen to this chat because he really does talk about what it looked like. I just assumed he got up every morning and was like, yep, yeah, another 100. Let's do it. Let's get it in the bank. And it was so, that was so not the case. And Mm -hmm. the mental hurdles he went through to complete that challenge were unbelievable. So I would highly, highly recommend you going and having a listen to The Imperfects and particularly that episode with Ned Brockman.
1: I will recommend another Imperfects. Imperfects. Well, that
0: was, I mean, that's ironic. <laughs> that,
1: that just works. Keep that in, Jason. <laughs> Imperfects episode. It's actually the one of the most recent ones that have come out with Bronte Campbell.
0: Oh, I haven't listened to that yet.
1: Yeah. And it's something that I've always been really curious about because Bronte Campbell is the younger sister of Kate Campbell. And, you know, Kate has always been you know, in the eyes of probably Australia, the more successful Campbell sister, I, I've i always wondered how it would be and how it feels to be Bronte and, and feeling like, you know, you could be, you know, the best in the world or, you know, you come second in the world but you're not the best in your family. And oh. I just think that would be – yeah. Anyway, I highly, highly recommend – I was also on it last year. But okay. I don't want to be like a douchebag who just <laughs> recommends a wrong. But, but also, but also that was that's in there somewhere in the back catalogue. So if you if you liked Brontes, if you like Olympic swimmers, <laughs> feel free to listen to mine. As we know well. another one in there. <laughs> but yeah, the Imperfects. Listen to all of them. It's such a great
0: show. And do you know? So we both bought a T-shirt at the end of it. We did. um, And
1: then we got a photo. And then we got
0: a photo. It was
2: amazing.
1: Can I just do a little special shout out to Ryan Shelton?
0: Because he's listening.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you made a good point, but I'm going to say it anyway. (laughs) He was so sweet because I lined up to get the merch. And then there was another line to go and actually meet them. And they were like, oh, just skip the line, just come over here. And I was like, no, 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 I don't want to be a, a douche. You don't want to be. I don't want to be that person. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'll go line up. And I went to the back of the line and Ryan came walking down to me and he said, don't be silly, come up. And, you know, I'm, I'm heavily pregnant, so I greatly appreciate the fact that I
0: got <laughs> to skip the line. It did create some uh, an awkward moment for the rest of the family who stood there and went
1: well what do what we do do we have to like so,
0: <laughs> and we sort That's of did that or, awkward lurk where we sort of hung back not to be presumptuous because clearly we're not celebrities but then we're like but she's up
1: there can we go up there too because we'd like to all leave at the same time we'd like to all leave <laughs> at a reasonable hour but yeah special shout out to ryan i know you're listening <laughs> we'll, send, we'll send you this clip I'll send you this clip so you hear it directly from us
0: Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of The Sports Social. We so enjoy bringing you these episodes. And if you have a friend who you think would enjoy these sports chats, please share it with them and let them know about us.
1: And we absolutely love receiving your feedback and your reviews. It totally lights us up. If you are enjoying this kind of sports content, head over to our Instagram page at The Sports Social Podcast. Otherwise, we will chat to you next week. Bye.